I'm Tanya Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mahi nui kia koutou katoa no mai hoki mai ki te kaupapa kōrero Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr, and in this episode you are going to hear the truly empowering story of Wairingi Ringi Toi. Now Tingi fiercely took the stage at our Real Talk mō rangatahi event in Tamaki Makaurau, sharing on stage for the first time her emotional yet powerful story of her life to date. She credits the values that were installed in her from her mama, her papa and whānau to pave the way and create the true wahine toa that she is. Now public speaking at Real Talk was a first for Wairingi Ringi, but with the love and support of her whānau and friends she did it and what an impact she made on our rangatahi and beyond. We are all so proud of you Tingi. Now it's important to note that there are some triggering subjects in this corridor. so if you get triggered by this corridor, there are some support contact numbers listed in the show notes for you to utilise. Here is Waiting Edingi's story. Suatahi me mehi ki te ki te mana whenua, kwa haere mai ki te tautoko i tēnei kaupapa, tēnei kaupapa whakahireira, tēnā koutou katoa. Tuarua me mehi ki tēnei kaupapa, a real talk, uh, he kaupapa nui ki te poipoi ki te akiaki a tātou rangatahi, and he tino mehi nui tēnei ki a koe tānia. <laughs> Nau i kōrero mai ki a hau ki a tū uh, ki tēnei o, o inei kaupapa, and te tino mataku a hau ki tēnei mahi ki te tū hei kōrero i mua i a koutou, engari, um, nā tō uh, tautoko me tō awhi, um, ko tai mai au ki, <laughs> ki kona i te rānei, so we got there. And then uh, tuatoru, just the mahi ki a koutou katoa ko tai mai, I was really scared that there was going to be like a million thousand people and I'm actually glad it's a little bit more intimate, more smaller and my nerves will go away in a second. <laughs> he mahi ki a koutou, okay. Anyways, I'll introduce myself. So, ko wai au, he uri tēnei no Ngāpuhi ki te taho toku papa, he uri hoki tēnei no Ngāti Pikiao ki te taho toku mama. Engari, uh, i te puaki au i konei, ki Tāmaki, ki te Tonga, so South Auckland. I've been here my whole life, born and bred, between living in Mangere and also Manurewa. Just to explain these photos real quick, <laughs> this is, uh, that's me when I was little, that's my dad, and that's where we're from, Opononi o Māpere, from up north, and then um, that is my marae on my mum's side in Rotorua. So even though I was born here in Auckland, which has a big part in, in my heart, you know, obviously this is kind of my home, so, um, but you know, where I whakapapa to, I also feel very strongly connected to as well, even though I've always been here, you know, I'm always like that city cousin, you know but I'll never forget where I'm from. 
So, yeah, born and bred here, and I <laughs> I went to one kura my whole life, year 1 to 13, and that's pretty special in itself, you know, to be at one kura for your whole life. You, you become whānau, you become lifelong friends, which I have here with me, over there in that corner. But it was a big part of my life because I went to kohanga. I was, I was lucky enough in, uh, to go through kohanga and kura, so it set up... I guess that foundation of who I am, being a Māori wahine, um, going to this kura, and I'll carry that with me uh, into my uh, future and everything that I do. Whoa, I didn't realise it was going to be like that big in your cell. <laughs> Anyways, that is my, my ass. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to explain a little bit about my upbringing. Mum and Dad um, split when I was nine. I'm 27, by the way, and so that's why I was between Mangere and uh, Manurewa. My dad, for my whole life, has been a uh, moko artist, so pretty much my whole life has been surrounded by um, our art, both on our skin, um, in wood, in taonga, and literally everything you can think of. And so... I understand for a lot of people that moko um, can be a new thing for them. It's, it's not the norm. But in, in my whānau and in, in my life, it's, it's so normal that it's just like breathing to us, you know, seeing people with moko um, every day, receiving moko. And so I know that that's another thing I shall feel grateful for because I know our, a lot of our people don't get that opportunity as well. Anyways, this was the majority of um, my, my upbringing at my dad's whare, drawn on. We've got the puhuru, we've got a kowai, and then we've got like fake tattoos and all. And it was just the norm, you know, we just get drawn on and everything, and we loved it. When I was little, there's myself, I have an older brother, uh, Heads, who's here today, and another brother, and then a younger brother, and then another brother, so all the boys. So, you know, it was kind of like, I wasn't even sure if this would be my direction to, to be a moko artist, you know. I was, I was always surrounded by all these creative uh, people who actually were, like, the fucking shit too. So, like, I, I was, in my mind, thinking I couldn't even be, like, that good anyways. And I had that mindset at such a young age that all these people around me, my friends, my whanau, were these amazing, gifted, talented people. And I didn't really have that confidence um, as a young child already, which I think is fucking weird and toxic already, but I, I didn't believe in myself, and I, I truly did think I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I didn't have the goods, which was, yeah, that mindset that I had growing up. Even though I had the most support in the entire world, like from day dot to this very day, I've always had awesome support from people and my whanau and my friends. So it was weird that not even I could believe what they were telling me. Here's a little bit more. That's my dad's garage where he did his moko. Um, it was full of art. It was full of dead things. It was full of whakaero, uh, taonga, all of it. But this is pretty much us, like, every day. As you can see, look, we've got moko on all those photos. So it was just the norm for us. Just to kind of lean into, obviously, my journey with moko, as I mentioned, I never really thought I'd be be good at it, so I didn't really try it, but I was immersed in it. And so in 2016, my my dad actually was, I was looking for a job. I was, at the time, and my dad was like, come work for me. And I was like, I want a job that pays. So I was like, nah. But he, he was just like, give it a go, you know, like, if, if 
if it doesn't work out, if it's not for you, like I'll support you and whatever you want to do after. And I was like, are you sure? Is this way? Because, you know, I was like finishing, I was, I was finished school and everything. So I was trying to get out of the home and try and you know, do live my own experiences and stuff. And that felt like I had to sort of be stuck there. Anyways, um, I decided to give it a go in 2016. And I was 21 at, at, at that time. Yeah, I, I did a few pieces all on my fan and my friends. My first piece was, was on my dad. I drew it up and I kind of thought, it's not too bad. I was like, all right, all right. But then I tattooed it and I caught a cry. I was like, that shit is ugly. And But besides that, I, I had this thought within me, which I've never, ever, ever, ever felt in my life from being such a younger girl was that um, I actually thought for the first time that I could be really great at something and it was a weird feeling for me because I never felt that personally with anything in my life that I've ever done. For me that was kind of a sign. I was like okay if I, if I feel that maybe I should go with it, go with, with that gut feeling and allow for the support that I did have growing up especially with my dad and, and my brothers to give this a good crack and finally back myself and um, so I did and I've been doing it ever since and so this is sort of just sort of showing you guys some of the progression shots of kind of the spaces that I've worked in that very far one there that black and white one that is my first mokopapa at my marae up north and that was just this year. So that was quite a big deal for me personally. But yeah, my dad, he's, he's an awesome person. He's, if you don't or do know him, his name's Gordon Toy. He comes across as like this big hearty man, which he is, but he actually is a big softie, and he has been an awesome example for me, especially in this journey of Moko, to commit to the art, Give it literally your all, and sometimes that takes sacrifice, which had an effect on um, even my own upbringing as well. But that's how much we love and appreciate and respect moko. It's more than just um, art on the body. It's actually so much more than that. And so we don't actually take that quite lightly. When we do this mahi, we do it uh, for a purpose, and we do it to honour... Uh, our tupuna, our loved ones, um, and those who have come before us, and, of, and those who may come in the future as well. So it's we're not, we're not mucking around with that. And um, I, I, I truly believe I've gotten that um, attitude um, towards moko from my dad. And so this photo of me in that animal print thing was over in Amsterdam, and he took me over there when I was six years old uh, for two months, and he had, was doing his mahi over there. So once again, I was, I was seeing him moko all over the world. In 2016, actually, he had a, a bike accident that could have taken his life. Thank God he's still with us. And it was actually quite a difficult time for me because I had just committed to doing this. So I was like, you can't leave me now. I was like, I just fucking started, you know. I, I need you in this time. So it was a scary um, and tough time for me, but he... I lost a little bit of his leg, and he's adjusted to life, and we've all adjusted with him. And um, he backs me all the way, and, and I do the same for him too. Um, so he's quite obviously an important figure to me in my life. And then 
this is my mom. And Tanya got me when she started talking. In 2017, I moved to Kirikiriroa. I moved to Hamilton. Me and my mum moved together. And she shared with me the day that she moved in that she, um, her cancer had come back. And so that was another big transition in my life. So it was just me and her living together. And Moko definitely helped me get through that. Moko, you know, is a big deal. And what I could do for myself was actually give her, uh, plan my whole weekly schedule around her appointments and all of that. Her chemo, her, her, her doctor visits, whatever it was. So my appreciation and love for Moko was just solidified during that time. And I guess is another reason why I would give so much and why I do continue to give so much to Moko because it, it allowed me time. And she was cool as she's actually like a big brain. Why, mum? She had all the brains and everything. Yeah, so 2017 um, was my second year of Moko. So, you know, I was still very early in my stages of learning and I still am right now, but uh, I was still backing myself. I, I worked as much as I could around her schedule and that feeling of, you know, I could be really great at this never left my side, even during this this time that was a little bit challenging for me. And my mum also backed me all the way. So I was very lucky in that sense. And then 2018, my tw- December 2nd, my mum passed away. I don't, I don't have any um, direct grandparents living, so I only have my parents, and they're both only children, so it's just us. So to lose my mum was quite a big deal, uh, and it brings big transition to go through, and you know, being the her only girl as well. I haven't even gone through all the life experiences that you'd like to share with your mum. I don't have any peepee. I'm not married. Uh, I am just doing doing life. So I thought about. I've been thinking about this in the since listening to the corridor. And if any of you have any loved ones who are still living, sick or not, if you have big dreams, achieve them now so they can be there in the physical space to watch you. Because I know she's around, like, spiritually, I know that. But it's a, it's awesome to have them there physically looking at you, you know? So if you have goals, aspirations, do what you can now while they're here. Because once they're gone, they're gone. And so that's my beautiful mama. And since that transition has happened, um, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of a ride for me. But once again, I've fallen into Moko. 2019, I worked more than I had ever worked with Moko. And it was not only healing for me, but I know that that's a part that's healing for our people. And um, that's a big deal for me. Moko is my space where I feel the most confident. And if I could help even just one through Moko, I feel like I've already made a difference, you know? So... I'm very fortunate to be able to be doing this mahi with the support that I get from my whana and my friends. I'm going to be all right now, guys. Just had to get past her. So here's some of my, my mahi. I'm proud to show this too. 
and I'm not mad that this is on a big screen because it's taken uh, a while for my progression through this moko, not only like with the actual craft on skin, but my confidence as a person as well. So, yeah, this is my mahi. <laughs> but it's definitely been a journey. Like I said, I started in 2016. Here's, here's an example. So this is my brother in the middle here, the skinny guy, that my left, your right, that I did that in 2017. That was my first sleeve and chest piece ever. Now, don't look too close at that side. Look at the other side. And I did that last year. And it looks like that because I committed to moko. I put the time in. I worked on my craft. And you can, it's so fucking obvious, the difference there. And not to say that it's ugly, the other side, it's just where I was at the time of my journey. Um, I'm just at a place now where I can confidently say that that's my mahi on the right there too. And I've been able to do that once again with that support. So if you've got those good mates or good whanau, keep them around. The top left up there, or my left, is one of my uh, long... Um, Friends, sisters, um, I was fortunate enough to do their uh, moko kauai. She was my third, and her mum was somewhere in the list there now, because there's been a few. Uh, but things like that is, is um, really, really special to my heart, you know, is that I can do something like that for the people that I love the most. So, yeah, man, trust the process. That's Dad's saying um, with moko. Trusting the process means you trust yourself, you trust your artist that you go to, and you trust however that process may play out. Um, you can't kind of come in and be like, oh, well, I was kind of thinking this. It's like come in as your uh, most, most authentic self and trust your artist. Honestly, the goods always come out when you do that. And I think you can just kind of translate that into your, to your life, your journey, your mahi. <laughs> so with my mahi, it is a little bit of therapy for some people. So, you know, we hear a lot of kōrero as um, kaita, and uh, sometimes it can be quite hectic on top of all your just normal life stuff, you know, just being a daughter, being a partner, being a friend, being an auntie, you know, all of these things pile up and everything. So I, since my mum's passing, I, I've learned a few little things that, work for me, and I urge that you try and figure these out for yourself too. Um, and all of these things I'm going to mention are free, so you can do it yourself at home. One of the biggest things, um, I'm naturally an emotional person, so having a, having a tangi, you know, after a hard day, just do it. Straight up. Like, just have a fat ass cry, and just like, let it come out. And then tell yourself, you know, everything's going to be all good. You feel much lighter, so just Fucking cry. <laughs> Another thing I do is I journal a lot. Sometimes I don't want to talk to my friends. Sometimes I don't want to talk to my dad or, or my partner or anyone. I just want to write it out just to get it off my chest. So try that. And you can reflect back on those written words, um, especially when you're in a good space. Another thing I do is surround myself with uh, the best support in the whole entire world. That these are all the people in these photos. So if you've got, like I said, if you've got good ones, keep them around. And then music is another one for me. I connect quite heavily with music. I listen to the words, and it resonates massively. And so, yeah, if there's music out there that you vibe with, that helps you actually feel 
that you're moving through something or dealing with something, listen to it, blast it up loud. Um, once again, you'll feel much better. Um, and if that includes a tangi, well, it's a double whammy, so you'll be sweet after that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much um, the gist. I wrote this whole thing out. Um, and I wasn't sure how this was going to go, but I hope that something that I've said uh, resonates um, with someone in the crowd, anyone, because, yeah, honestly, we, we, we need to get better at doing this as a people, and we need to support one another when we're doing this as well, so it's not easy, as you've seen. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you guys for hearing a little bit about me and... Yeah, that you guys get something out of it. And then after this, go about your, your journey and your life with intention to make that change too. I think that will make a difference. Yeah, nga mihi kia koutou katoa. That's me. I'm out. <laughs>